to have my interview with my good friend Mary Mary. So we pre-recorded it just because I know how we do, but I'm not editing anything. I'm not trimming anything. The whole entire thing is for everyone to hear all of our silliness, us in all of our glory. This is my pre-recorded interview with my good friend and sister, Mrs. Mary Oliver Bell. I hope you enjoy. Okay. Hey. hey, girl. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Mrs. The Incomparable Mrs. <laughs> Mary Oliver Bell. How are you, sis? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're we're going to act like you weren't just having a whole conversation. Yeah, everybody, everybody always says they're good, and that's like an automatic reaction. Let me retract that. I'm trying to be good. How's how's that? All right, I'll I'll take that. I have to, you know what? As I'm saying, I'm like, you girl, girl, stop it. Yeah. Be real. This is all about being real. I'm That's trying right. to be good. You know, you ain't never got put on airs with me, and you you heard that double negative. You ain't never got put on no airs. Amen. Amen. Country now. I love it. I know. I know you country. I love it. I love it. You know I was always a little country, so I yeah. But I miss you. I miss um, you too. I want to introduce you to my listeners. Um, Mary and I met about 2004 ish, 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. I met your sister first. Right. Um, Angelique and I sang in the same choir. And, and I was a groupie of that choir. I in church. And I was a groupie of that choir. You were, you were an ABC and <laughs> all the songs from your seat. <laughs> Never understood why you didn't just join the damn choir. And I went, my sister too, she was like, why you didn't join? I was like, nope, that's not my calling. <laughs> but you sat right there and you sang all the songs all of the time. When we went out to sing, you would join us. And... Never understood why you didn't join the damn choir. <laughs> How's your mom, Miss Mary? Mom's good. Right. Um, she had a little bout with cancer, but praise God, she had her operation. She's cancer free. Thank you, Jesus. So God, God is amazing. He's amazing in all His ways, and prayer works. Always, and you know, I keep y'all. I I know y'all by names, so I keep your names in my mouth. I know that's right. One of the things that we were just speaking about, again, we're going to act like we weren't just on the phone. We weren't just on the phone. We were on the phone talking before we started this video. But you mentioned how this, and I, I said it on a few podcasts, how this particular podcast, we started talking about it in August of last year. My birthday month. (laughs) That's why I remember it. It was my birthday month. We were just praising God and and thanking him and just going on and on. I mean, for a good hour. It was over an hour, sis. And I was driving. (laughs) In conversation. And it was just a conversation. I don't even remember what the hell I called you for. Me neither. And just 
it's really funny how God brings the people in your life that you need at the moment. Amen. You're one of the people, and I promise you, I do not remember what our conversation was about. About, however, I do remember that it ran the gamut, and yes. we went from one topic to the other. Yes, and, and it just flowed. And we just kept going. And the spirit, that was the spirit, because we were praising God and, and thanking him through the whole day. And, and I remember I was dropping something off at Sister Cheryl's house. And I was like, I can't drive. Stop it. I can't drive. I said, so we're, I'm in front of her house praising God. We, we hooping and hollering in front of her. I said, her neighbors are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Because at the end of the day, first of all, next time you talk to Cheryl, give her a hug for me. I will. <laughs> That's my homie. She's, she's beautiful. She's she beautiful. is. Her spirit is everything. And, um, yeah, I just, I really don't remember how that conversation came about, but we, I just remember you said something poignant to me. You said you're on assignment and you're going to be attacked by the enemy. And you have to remember that you're on assignment. And you just kept saying that to me. You put it in my spirit. Like, yes. To me in the way that I had to listen, number one. But you were like, make sure you truly understand. Without saying the word, you're like, make sure you truly understand you're on assignment. And that is why these battles will come, these trials will come, these demons will come. These demons will come up against you. And that's how it started. Yes. I said that to you and then I started getting attacked. <laughs> okay? It was so... Crazy. I was like, okay, so I have to take what I said to her and just put that in my spirit because... I, as soon as I said that to you, then then stuff started happening to me. And I was like, wow, okay. God, whatever it is, whatever it is, handle it. I'm still going through some things, but you know what? Like, that's why I said, let me just be real with you. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. So one of the things I would like you to do um, because again, we, we actually discussed this last year. So in discussing it throughout the many months that it's taken for this to happen, and I apologize, you know what my schedule no, is. No, don't apologize. Cause like I said, when we spoke on the phone, God's timing is best. There's a reason why it got delayed. It's not you, it's God. Delayed. Hello, it's God delayed. We're talking the day before Mother's Day. We're getting ready to break it down. All right, so because we went there, we were just talking on the phone. Again, we're going to act like we weren't just on the phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, for all of those people in listenership land, we were just on the phone, and one of the things we were discussing um, in our conversation, in one of the conversations, because it's not like we had one conversation. No, it was it ran the gamut, like you said. <laughs> particular conversation that we had on the phone ran the gamut. And this particular conversation, there was a lot going on in your life. There was a lot going on in my life. And I know I called you to vent and 
And I think that's what it was that I called you. To yes. What is something? I wanted something. Yeah. You called me because you know you could call me and it would stay with me. I don't know what the hell it was. I know who I called. I feel like I called you because I wanted something. Well, I just wanted to call and say hi, something. And, and then the spirit just led you to just let it all out. You disclosed some of the things you were going through. And we started talking just in huge circles because we started in one place and we went to another place and we went to another place. And Mary, you and I, after all of these years, that one conversation that lasted, it, it had to last two hours. But that one conversation, you and I never realized how much we had in common. Amen. All these years. All of these years. All these years. Oh, we just had God in common. Yes. That's what we thought. We thought we had the sister in common doing our hair. <laughs> doing the kids' hair. Yes. Because <laughs> she used to break down my niece's hair. She used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what I thought. And, and we I thought we had church in common. Hey. Our love of God in common. And the music. And the kids. Kids choir. Oh, definitely kids choir. <laughs> kids choir matrix, yes. <laughs> but we have so much in common. It's as crazy. Childhood, as it's crazy. Womanhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Womanhood. Yes. So I'm going to actually open the floor to you, Miss Mary. And for the listeners, I call Mary is named after her mother. Right. Well, I refer to her mother as Miss Mary. And this Mary is my, my Mary Mary. <laughs> yep. Mary Mary. Call her Mary Mary. And I call you Sammy Kins. Yes, which is hilarious. Um, Sammy Samkins. That's how I have you on my phone, by the way, Sammy Kins. <laughs> and I have you as Mary Mary. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's your name. That's your name. Amen. No, I when I give you a nickname, that's your name. Hey, I know that's right. Same here. So I'm going to actually open the floor to you because what I want to do is I want to allow you a space. And you know this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. No judgment at all. But I want to allow you to discuss what you feel people need to hear. And um, also, just for people who don't understand, Mary and I, initially, when I asked her if I could interview her, I told her to pray on what she needs to talk about, because her life is rich. She's been through a lot and has had a lot of experiences. Um, She's come out bruised, but not broken. Amen. And she's here to tell it. So, with that being said, <laughs> I'm going to take it back to, um, I was molested when I was two. Um, and the person who molested me was my mother's boyfriend at the time. And to cover it up one time, he, he did a really bad job 
um, he he put me in a hot tub of water, which happened to be scolding, which happened to put me in the hospital, which I almost died at two and a half. Um, I had third-degree burns from the bottom half of my body because he sat me in the water and just left me there. And the neighbors called the, the ambulance because they heard the screams. And um, the police knocked down the door and took me to the hospital. And from two and a half, I didn't live with my mom. I went to a foster home once I got out the hospital, which I was in the hospital for a good six, eight months because that was the degree of the burns. And the person who I got, I got put in a foster home with was um, Mama Evans. And I was with her for 10 years of my life. She took care of me. She did my bandages. She taught me how to walk over again. Um, excuse me, she just died in January. She was 103, so it's it's still still fresh. So, um, and she was everything to me. Um, her and her husband. But her husband, I only knew for like two years because he ended up passing away while I was in her care. And I stayed with her for 10 years. And she taught me so much. When I became 12, I became an emancipated youth. That means you go to court and you say whether you want to stay with your adopted parent or go to live with your family. Of course, that is a big choice for a 12-year-old who only knew and only visited her mom in the office. Because back then, that's all you did. You, you had to visit, have supervised visits in the office with your family. So Mama Evans, this beautiful, beautiful spirit, sat me down and said, now, Mary, I know you love me, and I know you probably want to stay with me. But I'm going to suggest to you, I know it's your choice, but I'm going to suggest to you that I think it should be good that you go home with your mom, get to know your siblings, and stay with them. I'm always going to be here. You can always come and visit me. I'm not going nowhere. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> so with that being said, my mind was at peace and my heart was at peace. I was scared, but I was at peace that knowing that she loved me and I can always go back to her and visit and, and just be, she would be there for me. So I went home and boy, was that a life changing. Woof. I went from living in um, a three family home um, for those listeners who know the area in New York, I went, I was in Pelham, New York, which is predominantly white. Uh, <laughs> what'd you say? It was right next to Co-op City. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, um, to a projects and, and, and nourish So that was, that was, uh, Culture shock yeah. for a 12-year-old. 
I went from eating what I want and and having desserts and this that, and the other thing to just barely getting by. And I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, my first night, I remember having dinner there. And we had dinner, and I'm like, okay, what's for dessert? Man, I almost got beat down for asking what was for dessert. Just what you talking about? Where you think you at? I was like, okay. <laughs> Life learning experience, no dessert. But I couldn't figure out why everybody was so pissed off at me for asking because that's what I was used to. And I had a lot of learning to do. I had a lot of learning to do in school. Um, my grades, I went from an A plus student to I, I was just barely getting by because emotionally I was, it was a lot. Went from, like I said, predominantly white to like, Black and Spanish, and it's just, it's, it's different. It's different. Why do you talk white? Why are you this, that, other thing? You live in the projects and you talk like that? You know, that type of thing. So, yeah. So I had to get tough. I had to get a thick skin. I had to not be as smart. I had to, I dummy, I felt as though I had to dummy myself down to fit in. And then I got in trouble for why you get get here with me and you you you're not a straight A student anymore. Now you dumb. Now you this. Oh, what's this? I was like, okay. It was it's just it was just a lot. There's just a lot to go through. Thank God for a a bully of a girlfriend who is my best friend now, Linda. She. <laughs> She bullied herself into my life, and I thank God for her, because if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have made it. I don't think I would have made it. She was the light. She was the light. She is the light, I should say, She's because I just spoke to her this morning. She still is the light, because she checked on me to see how I was doing, because she knew this Mother's Day was going to be rough. She still is the light in my life, to this day. So we went from... Moving back to the projects, go fast forward ahead. Relationship with mom still not that good. Um, still feeling like an outcast in the family. Um, I always wanted a sister. Finally got a sister, and um, then she moves away to go live with her father. She must have been about in junior high school, so I got to know her good for a good. I guess four or five years, then she moves away. And yeah. Then she comes back. And she's pregnant with a little boy. And that little boy becomes my pride and joy. <laughs> David, yes. I'm an auntie. Love it. Always loved kids. Always wanted so many kids. So, yeah. Then, then 
my mom has a boyfriend. Another boyfriend, another perv, and I'm in I'm a teenager now. So he's like snooping around. Found out my uncle spent the night. Found out he was like creeping in my door at night while I was asleep. And my aunt my uncle caught him. So Instead of him getting kicked out, me and my sister got noticed to get kicked out. I was in my I was in my twenties then, but still, I only stayed there for my little brother. My little brother asked, said, "Please don't leave me here by myself," because I was ready to be out by eighteen. <laughs> I was I, I had it all in my mind. I was like eighteen. I graduate. I'm out. Going to do my thing. My little brother knew it. He was like, please don't leave me here by myself. So I promised him I would stay. Then when my mom gave us notice, I was like, sorry, dude. It's out of my hands. You can come and visit me anytime you want, but I got to be out. So, yeah. He got to stay there by himself because he was still, we got 10 years difference between the oldest and youngest, and he was the youngest. He was the baby boy direct. So moved out on our own. And I still don't feel, I still feel a disconnect in the family. I still don't feel, to this day, it's that, it's that 10-year disconnect. I'm the oldest of five, but I still feel disconnected. My brother that's right after me, I'm close with him, but I still feel this, I still feel, I don't know, not whole, not, like something's missing. May I just interject? Because I don't think I knew there were five of y'all. Yeah, it's five of us. I thought there were three. Child, there is me. I'm the, I'm the oldest. Then I have my, my what do you call it, Irish twin? Because we're 11 years apart. My brother, Lindsay. 11 months apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't know about him. 11 months apart. Because he's born in July and I'm born in August. Yeah, I definitely didn't yeah. know about him. Yeah, he, well, he, he's been living in Georgia for forever. And we looked just like everybody used to think we were twins when we were when we were young. I look like your mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Miss Mary. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mark doesn't look like a, he's light skinned. He doesn't look like us at all. <laughs> so it's me, Lindsay, Mark, Angelique, and Durrett. It's the five of us. Yeah. Okay. So you left your mom's house mm-hmm. in your early 20s. Yep. Because your mom uh, chose her boyfriend over you. Oh, yes. That's nothing new. And that's something you and I, um, in having a conversation, a simple conversation, you and I bonded over that only because of how my mom treated me 
when it came to my dad, the way she treated myself and my brother, my older brother. And I, I think I had related to you. It was, we were stepchildren. And now I realize my dad didn't really want to treat us that way. He didn't know any better. Part of it is when our parents don't understand their own demons that they're living with. Well, that's why I I don't feel any malice against her. She had me at 16, Sam. I was I was her getaway free card from her nine brothers, her, her nine, her eight other siblings that she was taking care of because she was the oldest. So I get it. I get it. I get, I get, I was her get out of the way, get out of, because um, when, when she was pregnant with me, I found, I found out, she told me that my grandmother wanted to her to abort me and was giving her all kinds of drinks and concoctions to get rid of me. So, yeah. 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 And my mom was like, she didn't find out until later on. And she's like, oh, no, I'm keeping her. Oh, well, she didn't know I was a her, but she said, I'm keeping my baby. So my grandfather gave a shot. My grandfather, my, my, my mother, my dad had a shotgun wedding. <laughs> and got married and she she was born yeah and she had me and then my brother 11 months later <laughs> what are you doing being married all right <laughs> they were being married you're doing married folks business amen so i get it i get it i don't fault her um uh, yeah, I get it, but but for some strange reason, it's like other people don't get it. It's like my sister, she's like, oh, you got to make peace with mom because you're going to, when I was going to adopt the kids, we were going through the classes, oh, you got to make peace with mom because you're going to be a parent now and you got to make peace. Ma'am? Who said, ma'am? Who said I, 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 I don't have peace? You can't bring up a subject that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, sorry. Wait, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, let me stop you for You're a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> but nevertheless, your sister was saying that you needed to make peace with your mom. Right. She was saying I need to make peace, and I was like, "Who says I doesn't? I don't have peace. I get it." But it's also, I mean, one of the things that I realize and I recognize through my many adventures is outside perception. Yes. She has, and 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 I remember this was our conversation also because. The younger sibling has a different perception of what has transpired. Yes. Limited perception. So they think they know an entire story when they don't. Mm, great preach. Perception. They have a 
completely different narrative. And their narrative is fair to them because it's based on their perception. Thank you. That kind of ticked me off. I was like, how, how, how do you know how I feel? What makes you think I don't have peace? Just because I feel, I just feel disconnected from the family because I wasn't there that 10 years. So I just feel a disconnect from those 10 years because that, that's your primary years, like two to, two to 12, two, I, come on now. The very big years and yes, the formative years. Yes, absolutely. So, so everything I've learned through God, through life, through just being—I'm an old soul because of my mama Evans. Because she, I got brought up old school, <laughs> old old school. And you know what? I'm blessed that I did because I don't think. Um, my husband and I were talking, if I were, have, if I did have, if they did for some strange reason, let me go home after I got burned, she couldn't, at, at that age, 18 years old, she couldn't have handled all the uh, care it took to, to bandage me, to take me to the doctors. First of all, she wasn't even, she wasn't even thinking like that. She was in knee mode. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, I thank God that you are here to tell that story. Because that is something that many men and women have not been able to live through. And again, you, you may have been bruised, but you were never broken. I think that has a lot to do with being brought up in the church, Sam. Because um, I know God loves me. And I, I'm not saying I'm perfect and that God God saw me through. But I had my I had my demons when I was younger. I remember being so sad and wondering why I had to be where I was. That I just lay down in the middle of the street. I must have been about third, fourth grade. I said, I'm just going to let here in the street and let a car hit me. Thinking a car would hit me. <laughs> a car came. Get off the street, you crazy kid. <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but I was dead. I was dead serious then. That meme is like, you're looking for a sign and the sign falls on you and it says sign. You want a sign from God? Here's your sign. Get the hell out exactly. Of God. Get off the street, you crazy kid. <laughs> I was like, I was like, know. wow. He's not gonna run me over. <laughs> you have to live through it. You have to live through it to let people know that you lived through it. And, and he just makes you stronger. I can look, I can I can look back then and be like, wow, I really thought he was gonna he was got somebody was gonna run me over. I said, you're so naive when you're when you're that young, but you, you, you 
Depression is damn brain. You don't get a full brain till you're 25 anyway. Depression is real though. I was going through depression and I and I, w- I was sad and, and I would cry and I would and and Mama she was she was she was awesome. I was her little helper. She made me. She she saw I was going through. She helped me with these kids. She had fifty million kids. She used to have a house full of. Uh, I remember one child, um, Richard. She adopted. She ended up adopting Richard. Uh, that was my baby. That was my first baby. I was five, and I was, and that's where how I learned how to um, do a diaper. But this baby was so fat, and I was like, "Mama, how do you get all the meat in here?" And she loved telling the story. She said she remembered this to, to 103. She's like, "Yes, I remember you trying to do Richard." And he's like, "How do you push all the meat in there in the in the pamper?" <laughs> It's hilarious and horrible at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that baby was the cutest. He was the best. God, God bless him. He 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 died with cancer at twenty five. I'm so sorry. Um. He he ended up being a blessing because I quit smoking because he died. He had lung cancer, and. I saw him in the hospital, and he was like, Mary, give me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. Come on, give me a cigarette. And I'm looking at him outside. He wants a cigarette. He's in here for lung cancer. He wants a cigarette. I mean, he was literally begging me so he could smoke a a cigarette. And this was before cigarettes were like you, you couldn't smoke in, you could you could smoke in the hospital, but not where that was oxygen and all that stuff. Right, I, look, I remember them days. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you something. I quit smoking right then and there. I, I, that was it. I didn't want nothing to hold me. I saw how he was begging, and he was dying from cancer, and he was begging for a cigarette. And I said, I don't want nothing to have that kind of hold on me ever. So he, he may have died. And 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 it's a terrible thing, but he saved me. Amen. I saw him. I was like, I don't want nothing to hold hold me like that. Mm-mm-mm. Haven't touched a cigarette since. Well, it's really interesting because you mentioned a certain someone. I'd like to introduce him, not physically, unless he wants to just come in. But Mr. Arthur Bell <laughs> is your husband. Yes. He's in the back. Hey, Arthur! <laughs> <laughs> you can You got the door closed. You probably sleep. <laughs> Tell him he what's up, bro. I will. Uh, he loves to take his little cat naps. And that's all right. Do you, um, do you mind sharing your love story with everyone? Aww. Okay. Including... How y'all met? How long you've been married, first of all? Ugh, 33 years. We've been married 33 years. So, um, this is how it all started. I was introduced to Arthur because Arthur had a crush on my aunt. 
Beverly. And he's like, she was they used to work together. And she was like, Man, you too young, you too young for me. I got a niece around your age. <laughs> so um she introduced us. But he didn't remember me. So that was when they worked. So like months and months and months and months later go by. We both lived in the same projects. And he didn't realize that. So I walked by, he goes, ooh, who's that girl in the green coat? Hey, girl in the green coat. So I, I remembered him, but he didn't remember me. So, yeah, it went from, it went from, from there, being friends. So that was like when you were like, oh, 15, 16 years old. I knew that man. We were just saying we've been together too long. We know each other too long. <laughs> but yeah, we've been married thirty-three years, but we've known each other for forty-three years. And just for um, information's sake, Arthur is in a wheelchair, and oftentimes, um, first of all. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen somebody whip a wheelchair the way Arthur whips the hell out of his wheelchair. Let me tell you. you know, when I first when I first saw him do the the, the curb and do the pop of wheelies, I oh. Like <laughs> I remember the first time. Like okay, so Centennial does not have um. Handicap access. Right. of Centennial has stairs. The side of Centennial has has stairs, and so there would be some brothers who would pick Arthur's chair up and they would bring him up the stairs. But some days I would put this woman. I would get that Arthur was in wheelchair. I would just be waiting for him to get up and walk. <laughs> so. In his wheelchair, he's so short. Mm -hmm. But damn, if Arthur wasn't your height, I don't give a damn how tall you were. He was right up here with you, looking you dead in your eyes. Mm -hmm. That's how he does. And he is, I mean, he is just amazing to me. He's a great dude. He's great to you. Um, great, wonderful, wonderful spirit. Just a blessing. Um, just one of the reasons I love y'all is you're just real people living the world. Thank you. But do you mind speaking on being the caretaker? So being the caretaker, um, in the white. Most, most of the time, Arthur's fine, but there are times, like, there was one time where he was, um, he had broke his leg. I forgot how he broke his leg. Remember, he was in a centennial with the wheelchair. With the th I forgot how he broke his leg. That was a long time ago. I know. He broke his leg. Oh, my gosh. What happened? What did he do? I, I, I don't even remember how he broke his leg. Um, but he had broke his leg and getting him back and forth to the hospital. Um, and, and, oh. That that was a pain in the neck. That was a, making sure his leg was staying up and 
the special wheelchair and and I and, and we made it and we actually brought him to church like that. I was like, I because I remember Rod and Rod. Yes. Don't mess with me. I mean, now that I that was nobody. That was nobody but God. We're like, nah, bro. We got you. We got you. And I just that that um, that camaraderie. Jack, 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 he's still still close with Jack to this day. It was just amazing, that show of strength and brotherhood. Yes, yes. No, we got you, Art, we got you. And that was just, you know, just men being men and um, having, you know, the I am my brother's keeper stand. Yeah. and my brother's keeper and they they had him and that always my heart always was filled with joy because you know Arthur's a good dude number one and people who come to church should be allowed to come to church mm-hmm. and um, to this day they still don't have a ramp there though that's what that's what kicks me off all that money and they and and, and they didn't open up the other don't side go there. don't go there don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. Let me stop you now. Let me stop you. All right. We won't go there. We, we will leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. Now, that's the only thing I will censor you on. All right. Everybody don't know church business. And, and that's one of those things. It's sensitive. It's sensitive. It really is. It really is. Oh. Yeah. Let's, let's let that one go. Yeah. Let's let that go in love. Everyone doesn't need to know because that that becomes a it becomes negative because it is negative. Real talk. It is negative. Very negative. Like you said, everybody should be able to get in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) Let that go. Let that go. So I love Arthur. Um, you and Arthur grew up together. I knew y'all knew each other for a really, really long time. I did not realize you grew up together. Mm-hmm. Up together and lived because when you said it, I'm like, wait a minute, y'all was in the same project. I mm-hmm. recall that. I think that is beautiful, and I want to say I did know that he liked your aunt first. <laughs> I feel like I. <laughs> know that um but that is just so fascinating and she was like no nah, uh you're too young for me i got a niece for you i got a niece for you <laughs> and were you just like smitten with him how did that work she, she introduced me i'm like yeah yeah whatever whatever you know and we were both like yeah whatever whatever <laughs> so how did y'all get together if y'all were both like whatever whatever um, he had um kept on kept on talking, running after me and talking to me and stuff. So yeah, then we finally. Showed, I was like, okay, he he he's he's interested because 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 I was like, I didn't want no charity case. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I said, okay, he's he really wants me for me because he didn't remember. I was like, you don't remember me? He's like, what you talking about? I said, okay, he was, he's interested for me, for me. 
And I just think it's amazing. You guys have been through so much together. Um, 33 years, there are definitely good, bad, and ugly. Um, I'm going to just fast forward because um, if at a later date you both want to share anything about your private life, that's something else. What I'm going to ask you to share, because you touched on it <laughs> early, <laughs> children. Okay. So, um, Arthur and I tried having kids when we first got married. Um, what year did you get married? Oh, 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So 1989, July 8th, July 8th, 1989, everybody was like, it's about time when we came in for our little, um, <laughs> Because we waited 10 years, yeah. And they're like, it's about time you got married. So then um, we tried to have kids and we couldn't. So we went through, that's when in vitro was very, very new. We went on the Joan London show. Because we were one of the first couples that went through in vitro. So somebody was paraplegic and somebody was able walking. So, yeah, we went, our, our doctor at the time, I forgot his name. He was an Indian guy. Ugh, can't think of his name. It was so long ago. But um, I do remember the doctor had asked us to go on a Joan London show with him um, since we were going through the process. And I don't remember if that even, even aired, but I, it was exciting to be on the Joan London show and to talk about being cited to, to do the process. So we did in vitro back then was very, very expensive. Insurance did not do it. You have to come out of pocket. Um, the shots and, and, and just the overall psychological, oh, so draining. I just remember, I, I you're up one minute, you're down the next. It, it was just so draining. The, I don't know if it was the experience. It's, I'm going to say it was the all. It was the experience. It was the, the, the drugs you had to take. It was just the, the mental toll on, on both parties. Because Arthur had this, he's such a... He's such a baby. <laughs> he had to give me the shots in the butt because I can't see to do it. So he had to do I don't want to give you the shot. I said, give me the shot, man. Just give me the shot. Fuck <laughs> it up and give me the shot. He thought he was hurting me. All that cushion back there, just give it to me. <laughs> That's the cushion, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that shot, it was a big needle. And hang on to lie, it didn't hurt. But um, we did what we had to do. Um, we went through like three rounds of DMV and in vitro. One time, it sort of took, but I, I believe I had like a miscarriage um, because it was pregnant, then, uh, then, then it was gone. So, yeah. Had a spontaneous abortion. Yeah, yeah. 
That's how I it was. It was. It was before the three months stuff. That's why they don't say nothing. Right. It, yeah. So yeah, died um around eight weeks. Yeah. So um, I have um that is, I still have eggs out there somewhere if they didn't get rid of them. <laughs> they probably got rid of them. But yeah, I couldn't afford it no more. We we couldn't afford it anymore. It was just ugh. We had a couple that was so sweet that actually they had twins and they were like, Mary, I have all these all this medicine. So so we couldn't we we couldn't even been able to do it the third time if it wasn't for them. So I just I God was God sends people in your life for for a season. So we had a, ch- a third chance because of them, because they gave us the rest of their meds. I just thought that was so sweet, and it was such a blessing. Well, just to put some things in perspective, um, in this day and age, that was 1989? What year was that? 90. Okay, so 1990. Currently, to try, to try, to have a child through in vitro costs approximately $65,000. I believe it. Currently, um, when I was going through it, it, it cost about 50, 50, 50, upwards of $50,000. And that was- um, What year did you do? That what? was five years ago. Five? Mm-hmm. Okay, so- I started in, I was, Hold on. 2000, I was 44. So what is that? 2005. No, I was 44 seven years ago, six years ago. Seven years ago. I'm 51 now. I just turned 51 a couple weeks ago. You don't want to do math right now. You know, math was not my thing. Let me sing a song. That's why I had to mind me. That's why I was like, we don't want to do math right now. No. No, no. No, no, do the math. Yeah, so if it costs that much, the three times for us to do it, it was like, it was like maybe 3,000 each. With the with the meds and the doctor visits and everything, yeah. Well, now it costs upwards. You cannot. Uh, that was that was that was a lot back then, though. I was in I was in debt for a minute for with that. Hello. Big money back then, but let me tell you, seven years ago, it, was, it cost more just to fly to have a child than to actually raise a child. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, so just putting that in perspective. But you know what? God does everything for a reason, and I believe that 1,000%. And then one day, you came to church with an adorable little girl. That somebody said, was that, that's not your baby. Yes, that's my baby. <laughs> They want to fight people and they ignorant girls. I I detest ignorant people. And don't get me wrong, I've been an ignorant person. So I am so embarrassed to say when I'm I've been an ignorant person because you 
you speak on things you just have knowledge about and so many people like to speak out of turn. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And Kai was your baby. Mm-hmm. She's still your baby, but you mind telling that story? What? That, that, that Kai's my baby? Or like Kai is now? Not that story. Not that story. Um, okay. Back then. I'm directing it. Okay. <laughs> let's let's not fast. So you're, you're jumping ahead again. Let's, okay. Let's talk about. Well, the first time we saw Kai was yeah, April that's was, was April fifth <laughs> April fifteenth, two thousand and four. Kai came through our door. <laughs> yes. Uh, she was screaming and crying. So wait, Mary, let me, let me make it clear. Clear? Clear. Mm -hmm. Why did Kai come through your door? Oh, we adopted her. Got it. I'm sorry. We, um, Arthur and I, we couldn't have any kids through the in vitro. So I said, you know what? Let's adopt. Uh, we, we were gonna adopt anyway. We wanna have a have a child and then adopt because of the loving care that my mama Evans did. I always I said I wanna adopt. I wanna take somebody out of the system and I wanna adopt. There's a lot of kids out there. I wanna adopt. So um, Arthur and I went through the classes. And we, they were like, oh, it's going to take so long for you to get a kid to adopt. Um, you have to foster to adopt. And that still may take a while. We're like, okay, we'll wait. <laughs> it didn't take that long. <laughs> um, we graduated with the classes like in December. And then in April, I came through our door. So, yeah. We we were that was quick. We weren't expecting it that quick, but we uh, we thank God it, it happened that quick because she was a blessing. She was a little old soul that came to our door. Um, I remember one time doing the Women's Day choir. Um, the very first time my sister roped me into it because she couldn't do AP. Well, just trying the Women's Day choir then. Hey, that was the first year. You have to be on the choir to join the Women's Day Choir. <laughs> that was the first year I had Kai. I brought her with me everywhere. I brought her with me to the choir rehearsals. And she loved it. She was right in with me, singing the songs. And then, and then I would rehearse the songs at home. At home. She, That's not the way you go, Mommy. You got because that was the year we had to stomp our feet and I forgot what song it was but we had like motions with it that that Mel had um, I forgot what song it was but it was so powerful you had to stomp yeah and Debbie sang the solo so yes. talking, I know what song you're talking about Debbie yes. sang the solo now, she was bossing me at home saying I wasn't doing it right you gotta do it this way and that way and yeah she was my little choir director at home <laughs> And then after that, that's when she joined the choir because Miss Michelle was like, that one, 
I said, I thought you had to be five to be in the kids' choir. She's just bring her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. And she used to love to sing. Mm-hmm. She used to love to sing. She was so that's, quiet, But she wasn't going to take on choir. <laughs> she, she felt at home. Yes. Yes. That was fantastic. And what I loved was, um, I remember you had told me, I don't want to punch that person in the face. If that's not your child. How the hell are you going to say that's not my child? I'm the one that takes care of mm. I'm the one that takes it to the bathroom. I'm the one that buys the clothes. I'm the one that feeds them. I'm the one that does the funeral. That's my child. Yeah, they saw her fair skin. They saw my dark skin. That's not your child. It's so sad that even in this day and age, colorism is a thing. And Kaya, just for um, perspective, Arthur's light skin, Mary's dark skin, but Kyra is fair. very, very fair. Now, to me, and I remember, I remember when you said it to me back then. I was like, first of all, she can easily be the size. Ain't your child. <laughs> and that's from someone. You look at me, you would never know. My my biological grandmother was extremely light skinned. So was so was so was Arthur's mom. High yellow with the you know air quotes. She was high yellow. That's my biological grandmother. Right. She, that my biological grandfather on, and these are my father's parents. Right. Was very very dark skinned, like his father, but a couple of his sisters were very very light skinned, like his mother. So it's just really crazy how genetics works. And to me, I remember again that, that conversation. I was so upset because I look at me, and I say, okay, I just happen to have. Closer to my mother's color, but right. brother, my you've met both of my brothers. I think my older brother is dark. Mm-hmm. I my I'm not the same color as my brother. As either of my brothers, all three of us have a different coloring, and that's just genetic. My brother is not as dark as my father was, but my brother is darker than I am, darker than my mother, but he's closer to my father's complexion but neither one of us is closer to our grandmother's complexion yeah I, my brother mark he's 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 fierce he's light-skinned so everybody else is more darker brown and, and family and he's just like the he's like the lightest one so yeah but I remember being enraged with by that because to me genetics being what they were first and foremost is nobody's damn business that you didn't birth her. 